The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 206. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. This is your host, Richard Ryerson. Thanks, as always, to tuning into the show. If you like what you hear at Dose of Leadership with all these free interviews, these great resources, take the time, if you would, to go subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your Android device. You can download Stitcher, listen to it there, take it on the go. Of course, with your Apple device, you can go to iTunes and download it there as well. I love the ratings and reviews. I love hearing back from you. Thanks to Cha-T leaving a great review on um, iTunes, saying she's, uh, he or she said they decided to listen to value added items during their lengthy commute, and they're glad they found this podcast. And thank you again for the kind words, Cha T. And also, J.S. Zam, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but again, thank you for that great rating and review on iTunes. He says here that uh, this show is a gift for engaging top leaders in relevant topics and bringing out the most inspiring stories and thoughts. And uh, Jay-Z Zam says he always gets something and can take with him and apply when he listens often to many things. Thank you again so much. I appreciate the support. Love hearing from all of you out there. I've been getting a lot of touching emails from people out there having leadership challenges. I love hearing from you. If you got a chance, send me a line at richard at doseofleadership.com or you can go to my contact page on doseofleadership.com and you can uh, reach out. I answer every email. It may take me a while sometimes, but I promise you I will get back to you. I love hearing from you. So take the time and uh, you never know. I've had a lot of great relationships and opportunities come from those connections. And um, again, I love hearing from you. I'm here to help in your leadership journey. Well, this show is all about leadership. We bring people onto the show to talk about common sense leadership because let's face it, whether we like it or not or know it or not, we're all going to be called to leadership at some time in our lives. Somebody right now is looking to you for influencing guidance, and we're going to influence hundreds of people throughout our lifetime if we don't even try. If we're just being ignorant about it, we're going to influence people. So think about the power and the possibility of change if we became intentional about our influence, and it's all about adding value to other people's lives. I mean, that's the bottom line. A lot of people think, well, how can I become more influential? Again, it's all about adding value to somebody else's life and not expecting anything in return. Well, I'm so thrilled to have Aaron T. Walker on the show. He is the type of individual that does add value to people's lives. I mean, he has been the quintessential entrepreneur, starting and opening a business when he's 18, selling it to a Fortune 500 company, making millions of dollars. But, you know, that's not what's so great about Aaron T. Walker. You know, the, the fact is, and he talks about this in this interview, his kind of a splat moment when he got real and life-altering event and brought his life back into purpose, back into focus, back into clarity, back into alignment. 
And it really became a life of significance from that point on. And that's what he's been trying to do ever since. And he's certainly adding tons of value. He surrounds himself with great individuals. He's in some high-powered masterminds. He gets mentored and, and is friends with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller. And he talks about that a little bit in this show. And, and again, what I really like about him is just his passion is for, for authenticity, his passion for vulnerability. And um, he's just an all-around great entrepreneur, a great mentor, and a great steward of leadership. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. That's tons of value-packed content, and I, and I really think you're going to appreciate it. So here's Aaron T. Walker, without any further ado, on Dose of Leadership. Well, Aaron, so excited you're here on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Richard. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's been, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. You know, you have such a breadth of experience in, in leadership and personal development and coaching. And how did it all start for you? Where, where, did, where did this passion come from? Well, you know, I'll give you a 30,000-foot view in about 30 seconds of, <laughs> of 35 years of business. But <laughs> right. I started out really early. Uh, at 13 years old, I worked for a local pawn shop in Nashville, Tennessee. And then when I was 18 years old, I met a couple of guys in the insurance business that had plenty of money. Quite honestly, I had zero money. I had <laughs> zero relationships. And all I had was about five years experience in the pawn shop business. And I approached these guys and said, you want to go into business? And after about three months of discussing it, they agreed to do it. We signed a 10-year loan for $150,000. They handed me a checkbook at 18, and they said, go open the pawn shop. So I did. The Lord really blessed it. In 36 months, we paid off a 10-year loan. I was able to save up enough money to buy three more stores in about two to three-year increments. When I was 27 years old, a Fortune 500 company in Fort Worth, Texas called Cash America approached me, wanted to buy my business. And I didn't want to sell it, Richard. I just built a wow. new store. I just didn't want to sell it. But they kept on and kept on. Finally, the guy said, well, if you did sell it, what would you take for it? And I was just trying to get rid of him. So I quoted an amount, and he said, we'll take it. Oh, and my so gosh. it kind of took me back. You know, I thought – I are you serious? And he said, no, 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 we're dead serious. We want to be in Nashville. And so I went home, discussed it with Robin and uh, we agreed to do it. So in a few weeks, uh, we had consummated a deal and we had sold out. I took off about 18 months after that process and kind of laid around, played golf and gained 50 pounds. Oh my Don't Lord. Don't tell anybody, but I was <laughs> bored to death. And Robin come one day in the middle of the day and she woke me up. I was taking a nap, which was real unusual for me. And she said, you've got to start doing something. I'm worried about you. You're getting bored. You're gaining weight. And it's time you were doing something. So I went back to the pawn shop and talked to her, Barry. That was uh, the guy that owned the pawn shop I worked in. We formulated a partnership. Richard, I spent the next 10 years working three days a week. And my partner worked the other three days. And then in 2001, I had an automobile accident that really radically transformed my life. I was on the way to work, and a pedestrian was crossing the street to get on a bus, and he just didn't see me coming and ran out in front of oh, me. Oh, no. Unfortunately, uh, he lived three days in the Vanderbilt Trauma Unit, and it really rocked my world at that point. Oh, I thought, my gosh. you know, I'm out here just chasing the dollar. I'm opening more stores. I'm being successful. But, you know, at that point, I didn't feel like I had real significance in my life. And it just made me really evaluate things differently. So 
I took off about a five-year period after that, kind of collected my thoughts, and then went in the construction industry. And through that process, built really nice homes. We took a pretty small construction company to number one builder three consecutive years in Middle Tennessee. And then at 50, I decided to retire. And a couple of my buddies said, with all of your experience and your long-term marriage, you are to coach. And so I started View from the Top, at which I now coach men on a daily basis, and I have mastermind groups. So that's kind of a two-minute story of 35 years. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, you know, you said a couple of things in there that have have really cropped up in in my vernacular and people that I've talked to in this this idea of searching for significance, and especially as men, I think, you know, I think we all have some sort of splat moment. And you had yours, I think, with the the accident there, uh, with the with the automobile accident, it seems why I, uh, I hate to look back. I never like to look back and regret, but it just seems like why wasn't I taught this kind of search for significance when I was in my 20s? It seems like we all have to go through this kind of trial and error, um, have a splat moment, and then we start reaching middle age. We start thinking about how can I be more impactful? How can I add more value to people's lives? I wish I would have been doing that when I was in my 20s. Am I off base when I think that? Is it something we just have to go through? I don't think we have to go through it, and I'm on a real bandwagon to teach guys not to do that. Right. I got tick got tickled at a guy not long ago. You know, he got a divorce, and he went straight to the gym, and he lost 50 pounds. He shaved his beard off. He started exercising every day, and I said, if you'd have, if you'd have done that five years ago, you wouldn't have got a divorce. Right. And I said, why do we wait till there's a catastrophe to change our lives? I know it. That is one of the main reasons that I started iron sharpens iron, our mastermind groups. Richard, I'll back up just a little bit and tell you a story about a group that I've been involved in now for over 10 or 12 years. There's a group called the Eagles, and we meet in Nashville. And I'll tell you a little story real quick. When I had the pawn shop business, I went to Luby's Cafeteria one morning to hear a guy speak that was with the Chamber of Commerce. He, the Chamber of Commerce had invited him to speak. And so I listened to the guy speak, went up, introduced myself afterwards. This was in 1995 and told him what I did for a living. And he said, I want to see your store. So we drove down a couple miles down the street. And we walked in. I showed him around. And he said, this place is awesome. He said, I want you to advertise on my new show. And I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. He said, well, I'm a radio host and I would like to offer you a free week if you'll just try me. And I said, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to advertise on your show. He said, well, it's brand new. I just started it. I'm only on one station here in Nashville. And he asked me again, he said, just let me try for one week and I promise you results. I said, well, I don't have much to lose. Okay, good deal. And I shook the guy's hand. That was the first encounter I'd had with Dave Ramsey. Oh, get out. (laughs) <laughs> Dave Ramsey was the salesman himself. He had just started the show with Roy Matlock here in Nashville. They had one radio station, and I'm telling you, it transformed our business. And that was the beginning of a lifelong friendship that I've had now with Dave Ramsey. And Dave invited me to join his mastermind group, and we met in his office for about a dozen years. And then there were other folks in there. Some people have heard of Dan Miller with oh, 48 wow. Days to the Work You Love. Yeah. Ken Abraham. Wow. Kim's got about 100 books to his credit. He's got about 10 New York Times bestselling books. 
Uh, there's some other guys in there, a lot of notable guys in there that are kind of the movers and shakers in the Nashville area. I was just honored to be a part of that group. But through being in that group, that was the game changer for me because that is where people inspired me. They held me accountable. They helped me locate and find areas that were of my giftedness. And then it was just a time where I could really be exposed to guys that were going for it. And that's why I started Iron Sharpens Iron. We don't have to go through trials and tribulations in order to see the best, in order to do the right things. When you have trusted advisors, it helps you do that. And I love that story. And you're absolutely right. You know, we don't need to do it alone. In fact, we can't do it alone. And the power of the mastermind group. In fact, when you met Dave, you probably didn't ever heard that term mastermind. What the heck does that even mean? But man, what a great gift to be around such uh, like-minded individuals. But again, like you said, it just accelerates the growth. It accelerates the accountability. Um, I love that story. I, I'm a you huge know, what's fan of fun. What's fun out of that, Richard, is I've got everyone's endorsement. There were 10 guys in there, and I'm writing a book now, and it's called An Eagle's View. And I'm going to give a peek behind the curtain for the past decade showing what uh, has taken place in that mastermind group. And Dan Miller's going to be writing the forward in the book. And uh, it's coming soon. So look forward on a bookshelf near you. Man, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I was talking with someone the other day about Dan Miller. And it's amazing. He, Dan and Dave's, Dave's in that group too, and Ken as well, and, and all of you in that group. But just let's just take Dan Miller, for example. And a lot of people who aren't familiar with Dan Miller, I mean, he's kind of well-known in, in the, this space for sure. But just think about how, if you could just draw a spider web of all the people that he's influenced and to, for people creating businesses and starting podcasts and everything else, I mean, it would just be an infinite spider web of connections. And he probably doesn't even realize it. Maybe he does, but I don't know how he influences a lot of people with him not even, you know, knowing who that individual is. I just, uh, I love, sure. I love Dan. You know, he's been my mentor for about 15 years now, and it was about 95% of him that suggested that I do coaching business and life coaching. I went to innovate one of his events at his home right. and uh, he doesn't live at about 20, 30 minutes from me. And I was sitting there talking to some young entrepreneurs and he texted me on the way home and he said, man, did you see those guys listening to you? He said, <laughs> you've got 35 years of experience. You need to be coaching these guys. So I went and talked to Dave Ramsey about it and he agreed. I went through Entree Leadership Mastery Series as his guest just to see if I would enjoy it. And I have absolutely fallen in love with this space, Richard. It has absolutely been just a phenomenal experience to work with men on a daily basis and to encourage them and to help them reach heights that they never thought possible. I love it. What do you think our biggest challenges uh, as men that we face these days? Is it different than it was 40 years ago? I don't know. I think it's a lot of the same. I think that there's more of an introspection that we do now as men that we might not have done then I've even created some documents. One is called a personal assessment, and it's where I go through and I talk about your identity and who you are as a person. And then we look at your ideals and things that you would like to accomplish. We talk about the career that you would like to be involved in. We look at your personal needs. We talk about your relationships. Uh, and then it's just a tool by which we really dive deep into who we are to figure out who we are. Matter of fact, I'd like to give it to your listeners if that'll be okay. Oh man, you. that would be awesome. Yeah. I'll make a landing page. Uh, we'll just call it view from the top, uh, dot com forward slash 
uh, DOL. How's that? Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be great. We'll just use that. Then there's another one called what do I want? And there's about 30 questions that I go through in this document, trying to determine your goals and your dreams. We look at your faith, which is a real big part of my personal life. We talk about your family. We look at your career. We look at your finances, just things that are important to men today. Oh, I love it. So these are a couple of documents I'll give your listeners. They can go on and download those and just use them ever how you see fit. Oh, I appreciate that so much. I mean, adding value to my listeners, I highly appreciate that, especially, and is this just for men or is this for anybody? Oh, anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can get on. It's applicable to, it's gender neutral. Awesome. You know, let's go back to that. You know, a lot of times, you know, we talked about those splat moments. Was that car accident, was that kind of the darkest place you'd, you'd been in this 35 year period? Yeah, I would say so. There was a time I was going through some relational situations at that point, and then this accident had happened. And Dave and I and Robin and Sharon had taken a vacation just prior to this. We went down to Amelia Island. We heard a great speaker, Bob Buford, spoke on halftime. And if you haven't read that book, it's it's a a great book. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's a must read. And he talks about there how to transform our life from success to significance. And that's what I teach now on a daily basis is how to do both, how to live a successful and a significant life. But that dark moment really kind of changed my paradigm into thinking that it's not all about money. Right. You know, we can be successful in a lot of ways. One of them is financial, but it also is having peace and it also is empowering others. And it can be edifying others that are around you and helping them to succeed. So success is not just about money. And at that time, quite honestly, uh, I'll admit I was chasing the dollar. I mean, I was wanting to open more stores and, you know, how many stores can I open? And so I just stopped and thought, you know, that could have happened to me just as easily uh, as it happened to him. And we just want our lives to be meaningful. What do you think that that drive came from. You know, I was talking with an entrepreneur this morning. I was interviewing for a, a, a local uh, uh, television show that we're doing here, and we we're talking about that, you know, and he says he has a chip on his shoulder, but it, it's he uses that kind of chip on his shoulder to prove for himself, not for anybody else, not to prove to his parents or, or someone that picked on him or anything like that. He just wants to prove it to himself, and he kind of uses, as he put it, his forces for good instead of evil. What was your drive coming from? Where where did this kind of, um, when you're in your 20s, this chasing this dollar, where did this come from? Well, it came much earlier than that for me. I was working at a local grocery store down the street from my house when I was eight and nine years old, sweeping and cleaning up. And I worked with my next door neighbor delivering meat. He had a delivery service that uh, he delivered meat on Saturdays when I was 10, 11 years old. Here's what I come to realize. I came from a very, very humble background. We lived in 800 square feet. There were four children. My dad was a general contractor. He probably never made over $15,000 a year in his life. And I watched my mom put canned goods in the pantry during the summer and nail a board over half of the pantry. So the winter, we would have things to eat. And I would watch my dad sweep snow off of a roof so he could get the shingles off and re-roof houses in the middle of the winter. And I thought, you know what? I don't know what I want to do, but I do know what I don't want to do. Right. And that gave me a lot of motivation. My mom was another real catalyst for me. We couldn't say can't 
at my house. She would not allow it. And she had a little saying that she said all the time, can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all. And so within me, I just formed a great amount of desire to excel, watching my dad work hard, listening to my mom say, you can do it, go for it, give it all the gusto you got and go for it. And they just built a lot of uh, energy within me. And so it wasn't a single isolated thing that happened. It was just a culmination of a number of small things that I just decided for my family, I wanted to do good. And I knew that if I went for it, I could achieve it. Yeah. It's kind of like we go through phases, almost like it's, it's all about survival. It's all about success or it's about significance. And it seems like we're always, you know, driven to survive and we want to do more than just survive. We want to be successful, but it's the significance piece that that seems to come later in life. And again, this it's what I'm grappling with and the things that I'm grappling with now. And I'm excited because I see a lot of people like yourself and in this space um, that it is about being part of something bigger than ourselves. How do we do that? I mean, how do we, how do we tap into what we're supposed to do on this planet? You know, this significance, this purpose, our, our big why, how do we tap into that? Well, that's the reason I created the document. What do I want because most people, Richard, just sit and put out fires every day. They're right. just reactive. They're not proactive in living. And when you start answering this goals and dreams and you think about what kind of life you really want to live, and there's questions on there that say, if I got up tomorrow and there were no limitations, what would I do? And when you start asking yourself those questions, most people don't, but when you do, they're difficult to answer they are. because they, they don't think that far ahead. And then you think about your faith and how your faith impacts your future and the things that you harbor within you. There's people have bitterness and they have sorrow and they don't know how to get rid of those things. And once they do, it just opens the channel up for future thought, for more creativity. We think about our families, and I'm a real family guy, Richard. I'll just tell you, there's nothing more important to me than my family, my wife, and then my children. I have four grandchildren now, and I tell guys every day, when I'm coaching you, I can help you make money. It's not that difficult to make money. What happens at home, though, is if you don't do a good job at home, you only get one opportunity with those guys. Right. And if you don't do a good job there, you may not get a second chance like you would in business. And so I say, if you're going to cheat, cheat the office and spend more time at home. Uh, take care of your wife, honor her, take care of your children, give them the respect that they're offered and they're due because when they get 16, 17 years old, for the most part, they're gone. And so we spend a lot of time doing that. Out of that, you will find that more people that turn their look outward rather than inward and help other people achieve their goals, their dreams, their desires, that is much more gratifying than getting another few dollars or another new car to help other people. And when you do that, you'll have satisfaction like you've never experienced it. Amen. I don't know how it works or why it works, but you're absolutely right. The moment you start adding value to other people's lives, um, your wants and needs get exponentially uh, fulfilled. And um, we we fight that and we resist that even when we've we've seen success behind it. I think it's a constant battle. At least it is for me. What about for you? Absolutely. You know, Gary Vanderchuk wrote a great book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. <laughs> right. It's a boxing analogy. And all it means is to give, to give, to give. And then occasionally you can ask. 
And Dan Miller has taught me that in this space is the content that we create on a daily basis. I write every day, blog posts, eBooks. I'm writing a book and I'm giving away 95% of my content on Twitter, Facebook, blogs. And then people see that you really are trying to help them. And then they hire you for your services. Right. And I told a client the other day, I said, if you help enough people solve their problems, other people will line up to give you money. Right. And so we've just got to continue to pour into others. And when you do that, it'll come back to you. I know. It's so, you're absolutely right. And I don't know why a lot of us come to it so late, but it's never too late to start and turn around. Start adding value to other people's lives. Give, give, give. I like what you said. And then, and then everything will start to happen. Not, you know, the others, I was going to say, Richard, the other side of success for me is being very proactive and regimented. I'm a real methodical kind of guy, and I know you being a Marine and a pilot, I'm sure you've got uh, contingencies for your contingencies, and I'm sure you do, and that's why you've been <laughs> successful. But I created the third and final document I want to give your clients, and it's called Steps to a Productive Day. And I go through, and I start you out at the very beginning of the day, from the time you wake up, going through your morning ritual of meditation, your spiritual disciplines, any motivational, inspirational quotes, your exercise. And then it goes through and it asks you pointed questions. If I could only choose two things today that I've got to get done, what is it? And then I go through things for your family, for your workplace, your social media, and it helps get you centered. It aligns your day. And the more alignment that we can bring to our day and the more centered we are, the more productive we'll be. So I want to just throw that last one in. Man, and I love I that. I'm not going to charge you guys anything for these. Just take them and use them. I love that because, you know, the challenge is, and especially as, as I become more entrepreneurial, I struggle with, um, in fact, we were just talking with my wife about this before this interview. I was like, oh, I'm just having to say no, I think for the longest time, I never want to say no to anything. And what I come to find out, my day is just full. It's just chock full of everything. And I'm just going from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And I don't feel like I'm being as impactful as I can be. So I think this will be a great tool for me to even use myself just to see like, how do I make sure that the decisions I'm making today are the most impactful towards my mission? I mean, that's what I try to do on a daily basis. Richard, there's a great book out there, Essentialism, by Greg McCowan, and I don't know if you've read that book. I have not read to, that one, no. You need to order it when we get off this call. <laughs> Greg but, McCowan. Uh, it, well, it helps you to get the noise out of your right. life. It helps you to divide the non-essentials from the vital few. Right. And once we determine what the vital few is, we'll know how to say no. And we clearly need to articulate no on a regular basis. Because yep. if you don't control your calendar, someone else will control your calendar. Amen to that. And I would suggest that quarterly, if not semi-annually, that you sit down and take your calendar and you plan your week, week after week, because if you've got a commitment, you'll stick to your plan. I wrote a blog a few weeks ago. It said motivation doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't is because it's an exhaustible resource. What works, Richard, for is a plan. If you have a plan methodically laid out, you will be successful. Yeah, and I think that plan has to be tied into, again, your significance, your why, your purpose, and what you're trying to do. And that's where it, kind of where that um, 
I don't know, your manifesto or what you, you, you can go back to. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I don't think we ask ourselves that enough on a daily basis. Why am I doing what I'm doing today? Is it going to, you know, serve my mission, I guess, is, is what I'm right. trying to do. Yeah. yeah. We need to have a mission statement. And if everything we do doesn't fit into that mission statement, it needs to be a clear, heck no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. So it'll, it'll keep you focused. Who are your heroes? You know, I always like to ask the question, if you had one night where you could invite five people to have alive or dead, who just, you could have this most memorable dinner party, who would those five people be? Oh man. Uh, you know, this is going to sound kind of cliche, but to be honest with you, I'm living a dream. I'm hanging out with guys that I really want I to hang out I was going to say, with. yeah, those there's guys, some good ones. Those guys in my mastermind group, uh, absolutely. I have some guys that are in my community that we do life together with. You know, if there's some other notables that I would like to maybe have dinner with, uh, Warren Buffett obviously would be someone that I would like to have dinner with and just kind of get his take over his past 50 or 60 years of doing business. But quite honestly, I've felt like I've been living a dream. Oh, man. Well, I can imagine you know, having Ken Abrams and the Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller. I mean, there's some high power folks in there to, to, to I could imagine that would be you people. Know, it's I really, it's, yeah, it's really not even that though. Quite honestly, those guys are genuine guys, Richard. They're just like me and you. Right. I mean, they're, they're everyday guys. They have great hearts. They're very generous. They go through trials, tribulations, and troubles just like you and I do every day. They have ebbs and flows just like you and I do. Some of theirs may have more zeros on them than some of mine, but the point is, is those guys are knuckleheads just like me and you. They're trying <laughs> right. to figure it out, right? Right. But they're just great guys. They're yep. guys that are always there. They will help you. They will give you good advice. You can trust them because they don't have a hidden agenda. And not because it's Dave Ramsey or Dan Miller, not because they're famous or, you know, because they're real guys. No, exactly. They're genuine and they're really good people. So for that reason, I consider myself fortunate. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, that would just be what a blessing. Like you said, you can to, to live life as you, as you put it is really the ultimate goal. I mean, having those people to, to talk with them. And I think that's why I like asking that question because it gives me a little window inside um, to what you value and, and what you believe. And like you said, and what I'm hearing from you is you value authentic life. And these guys are giving it to you in spades. Yeah. You know, we have to go out there intentionally. People are not going to come to you. Right. You've got to take the reins in your own hand and go for it. Be intentional. Get six or eight guys around you that you meet with regularly. Get people that are non-biased, people that don't have an agenda that'll tell you the truth. They can be the person there for you that will tell you no and yes, depending on what they really think you need, and not just try to gain favor with you. So if you don't have those guys, you don't have an accountability group, or you don't have those trusted advisors, man, go out there today and get them because it'll change your life. Oh, great advice. How can people get in touch with you, Aaron? How can people find you? Well, I would love for you to come to my website, viewfromthetop.com. There you can find my personal cell number, my personal email, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. It's all the social media is on <laughs> there. Like I said, I coach guys one-on-one -on -one every day. We also have Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind groups where we have eight to 12 men in a group, and I facilitate every group. We meet on video conference rooms once a week for an hour, and those are absolutely phenomenal 
at the improvement that guys are making to their life. So if you get a chance, give me a holler. I'd love to talk to you. And Richard, what a blessing it's been to be on your show, man. Thanks a lot. Well, you're one of the good ones. And like I said, I'll have links to all this out there. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and possibly collaborating with you in the future. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Richard. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.